Welcome to another episode of the Unqualified Hudder with Shan, Simon, and yours truly, Shan. How's it going, guys? All good. This topsy turvy league is uh, still doing its thing. Teams are winning that are unexpected. Um, it's making this playoff picture really murky. It's making just the season really murky, to be honest. It's made the season more exciting. It's probably one of the hardest seasons to predict a winner. Looking at our predictions, we always struggle to even just get over 500. Um, so, yeah, when you look at it that way, if you're a neutral, this is the type of NFL season you want. So many close games uh, to get into. Um, I, I think we should just go straight into it. There, there's a few tasty matches in the AFC, which there always seems to be. Um, I think we'll start with Joe Good Bengals Chargers. We we all had the Bengals this week weekend, and uh, they just got blown up. This was a surprising result for me. Um, this was not expected at all. More so, like you always know, the Chargers are a good team. Like they, they always have the ability. They have, always have the players. But this Bengals team is meant to be in form. But it's kind of like what I was saying to you the other week about the Bengals and them going for the playoff run. Uh, I, and I don't trust they have the experience. And this is a, like an, an image that showed it, where they just, even though they had a they had a good game, the mistakes in the game is what cost them. Uh, I think it was two interceptions that Burrows threw. He also committed a, a fumble. Uh, I think Mixon did a fumble as well. He did. So, um, it's the two fumbles, two picks. You're giving the ball away four times to the to the other defense. You can't you can't do that and, and win a game. To be honest, and both of these teams are streaky, and that's what we always thought. Though, like the Chargers have been streaky all season. So the Bengals, obviously, we didn't expect this type of game. But this match, uh, this game, should I say, also followed that trend. You had the the Chargers taking a 24-0 lead, the Bengals then scoring. 22 unanswered to make it 24-22. Then the Chargers go on a 17-0 run. It's kind of what we have seen from these two teams all season where you just don't know what you're going to get. Usually the best, well, more positives and negatives. But they are young quarterbacks and their teams are finding their true footing. It's just good for them, though. Like like I said, this Bengals team, which I, I really like, and I think, you know, another year or two, they're, they're going to be a real powerhouse in the NFL. However, the experience is showing that it's not there. They can't they can't play like this. Um, but then I'm, I'm taking it away from the Chargers, who actually had, like, a really good game. So I can't really say that. They started using uh, Mike Williams properly again, letting him, like, run downfield. Some of those bigger games using Keenan Allen's that possession type receiver and letting Eckler do his little thing. Other and than the fumble is fumbles by Eckler, which other which than the fumbles. Painful. Other than the fumbles. I mean, you're that good player. You you can get away with away with fumbles now and then. I mean, he, he again, his they're not really running the ball well, but Justin Herbert's such a good uh, deep ball thrower. It's incredible. And the team, if you look at the stats when when the Chargers have won. It's when Mike Williams does well, and again he had an over 100 yard receiving game here. He's been a key key factor for them this year, and that's you can't understate how good he's been for that team. Well, well, my thing is like Burrow and Herbert. We're not, we're not. None of us are questioning that they're franchise quarterbacks, right? We all agree that they're the future of the league. Absolutely, yeah. But they've just shown, shown a bit of inconsistency, particularly this year, um, and. See, Zach Taylor, he had heat coming into the year. Chargers coaching staff, I've said it all year. I'm not happy with them. And I, I think it's a bit of everything. I don't think they have the right structure in place 
to to become a powerhouse. They have the talent and you know really good skill position players. But I, I don't know what the ceiling is for for these teams with with the current setup at least. I disagree to that somewhat. Like I, I actually genuinely think this this Bengals team could be good. They just need to, like you say, the coaching needs some experience as well. Because the problem is, it's, it's a young coaching team. Um, Zach Taylor's not not coached very long in this league uh, as a head coach. This is only his like third year, is it, that he's been at the Bengals? And their players are all quite young. What they need to do is, when it comes to free agency again, make some solid pick, make some savvy picks again, get some savvy players in like they did last season, to improve where they are now. And in the in the draft, do the same thing. Address those areas of concern still. Like that offensive line that could still do a little bit of boost. Um, you know, maybe a, maybe a better tight end. Um, something like that. Maybe look at like areas like this to where, where they can try and improve. And I, I genuinely think that they could be a real real threat in, this, in the NFL going forward. Especially with Burroughs at the home. He just plays like he's been playing for years. He's, he's really impressive. And even in that, even with his mistakes and, and his loss and stuff, he still had a, a decent game. If uh, if most quarterbacks had a game like that, you'd be quite happy. Yeah, and they're still in the playoff race. They're right in the middle of it. Um, I'm just looking at the standings right now. Um, and they're the seventh seed as things stand currently. It's so not good it, enough. It, but the, for them, getting in the playoffs is a big achievement from where they were last year. And the year before, and like Simon's just said, a lot of their star players on offense are young. They're only getting better. This will happen. The Chargers, again, are in the playoffs as well, and they're a young team. The, right. these, two, these two quarterbacks are too good. That you, they're not going to have any fear in the playoffs. Okay, well, moving on then. I, I think the narrative of the next game, which I want to talk about, the Steelers and the Ravens, is all based on the final play of the game where the Ravens could have won it with a two-point conversion to Mark Andrews. The ball was just a little bit too far out, but Mark Andrews had daylight. He could have easily, you know, if, if the ball was within reach, yes, there was pressure. Mark Andrews would be scoring. The Ravens will be winning. We'll be talking about why the Steelers are so bad or maybe not even mentioning this game at all. But the so Ravens lost. They did. And and my issue with this loss is um, you you could point to a few factors. The, the offense wasn't clicking enough. The Steelers do a really good job against Lamar Jackson of knowing how to stop him. And that's just literally all out blitzing. Um, and that's what it felt like all day. You know, TJ Watt was basically at his hip all game with uh, Jackson having to make some, like, make some moves. Um, and what didn't help the, the Ravens in this game is they had a lot of issues in their secondary. And even after the game, Harper even spoke uh, to the media about this and saying that's the reason why he went for two points instead of k- kicking the field goal and then um, like trying to, to get the ball back in overtime, potentially. He didn't trust his defence to be able to stop the Steelers. Uh, and that's telling, you know. Um, that's not what you want your head coach to be doing. Yeah, the, the Steelers just... Uh, for three quarters, they were doing nothing. They were just hobbling along. And then suddenly, 17 points, I believe, unanswered uh, to take the lead with a missed PAT, I believe, as was during that run. And somehow the Steelers turned it on. But my issue is Lamar needs to be more consistent. We know what he is. He's so, so explosive and he can't take that away. But these fumbles, which he, he did fumble, but he, he didn't lose possession. Uh, he had one pick, which, I mean, it's not the four he had last week, but still it's it's killing them in, in these close games. Not only that, is he his throw accuracy isn't there with some of the other quarterbacks, and that's what hurts him a lot. 
he makes his receivers make like large grabs. Like Mark Andrews spends a lot of the time trying to grab the ball from like fingertip length. Like he's always outstretched making catches. And that's due to Lamar not being able to actually put the ball like on a dime like some of these other quarterbacks can do. And it's something that he really, in my opinion, he needs to work on going forward because his mobility at some point will go. And as soon as the mobility starts going, he's, he's going to be out of the job pretty quick because he's not going to be able to throw the ball. I mean, the thing for the Ravens is they haven't adjusted. Greg Roman, the offensive coordinator, needs to do a better job. Even that final play call to go for two, you had an unblocked uh, TJ Watt. That's not a good play call. There, there's no adjustments there from the. But the man needs to recognize that. <clears throat> yes, but what is Greg Roman's job? Like, it wasn't this the same issue he had in San Francisco a while back under Harbour. I mean, for me, that he's not someone who's improved the passing game for Lamar. The another issue is again they knew they're going to get blitzed. Miami did it with so much success. The Steelers did it. And the Ravens just can't counteract the, the blitz, all-out blitz. The, another issue on top of that is they can't run the ball. If it's Lamar, not Lamar Jackson, they have no other running back who can consistently get yards and get 100 yards. They're, they're running backs. Freeman, Le, <laughs> Murray, McCrary, none of these are guys. You would none think of, they'd have a great of, running game, right, with a running quarterback. None of them have any juice. That's the problem. These are all guys that have played in the league a bit. Uh, and there's a reason why they're not on not on their former teams. It's a, uh, the Ravens have been unfortunate to be quite honest, because obviously at the start of the year they had the injury to J.K. Dobbins to Gus Edwards, so they're, they're two guys that they thought they were going to have going into the season. They didn't have. I don't think they've done enough. Like even like the Lev Bell signing, which I don't think he's there anymore, is he? <laughs> but like they 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 haven't done enough really to to try and address this because they have as much as like people might go to bat for. Uh, Latavius Murray and and Devontae Freeman that then don't have the juice anymore. Murray especially. Um, yeah. yeah, but at the same time, you've you've got Bateman there. You got Brown. You got Andrews. I'm tired of uh, people making excuses for the Ravens not trying to address their skill position. I mean, it's their running though. They should have traded for Marlon Mack. This is the window. Marlon Mack's just sitting there. Yeah, it's true. The Colts. It's true. They, they had potential to be able to get a better running back in. Um, even even looking at some of these practice squad guys and seeing if some one of these is just a better runner more than anything else. Right at the start of the year, um, you had Tyson Williams and Latavius Murray. It was clear to me on the eye test that Tyson Williams was a better runner. He had more pop. But they just phased him out and got Devonta Freeman, Lev Bell, Latavius Murray and then just gave him the, the workload. This is what I mean. They they keep trying to use these these guys that have been around the league for a long time. Maybe part of that is to do with that they want guys that have got the knowledge to be able to um to play the position and like pick up their offense and stuff. But at the at the end of the day, the guys don't have the legs anymore to play running back. It's as simple as that. Right when I watched some of the clips of Devontae Freeman yesterday, all he did was run sideways. Not once did he look to try and run forward. Like he he just runs to the sideline every time. And, and I then, get. Sorry, I, I get a Baltimore going for vets, like you just said. But running back is in a position you go for vets. You can go for vets, but you know, look at uh, a guy like Mark Ingram, a guy that's been on their roster who was traded to the Saints. Potentially, Baltimore could have gone out and got him, and he still has a bit of pop left in him. Like he could still go, and he's shown that at the Saints, he could have done more for Baltimore than what the guys have done on their roster currently. 
All right, moving on. Uh, we've got so many other games. Sham, g- give us the game that you want to talk about. Well, the, oh, where do I even go here? I mean, uh, I think you've got to talk about the Dolphins' streak right now over the Giants. Um, two do we? Of, I mean, can't we regret giving to. you the pick now. Really? Really? I mean, they're one of the most informed teams in the NFL. What is it? I believe five wins in a row or something. They're, they're, they're like two is completing near, near, near enough 70% passes or more. He completed 30 of 41, only 244 yards, but that's what they are. Two touchdowns. And Jalen Waddle, this guy is, is leading the NFL in receptions for rookies, I believe, since 2006. Um, no one, no rookie has this many catches. He had nine receptions for 90 yards. And this Dolphins team, they're making some noise. Let's just talk about though. It's all right saying this Dolphins team's making some noise. Let's talk about the teams that they've beaten to get onto this five-game winning streak. They've beaten a defunct Giants team, a defunct Panthers team. You, you really a, don't even need to say defunct ahead of those two teams. <laughs> <laughs> all right, a Jets team, <laughs> a Texans team, and then a Ravens team that has not looked good in weeks. It's not exactly like they're playing some of the top teams in the NFL. The times that they've done that, they've lost. I would so, expect yeah, but you, them to to win at least three of those games. It's, it's like but when three. you but when you look at it, they're playing the Jets next, the Saints next, and the depleted Titans. They could win all three of them. It, they're potentially a playoff team. Like, don't get me wrong, they're potentially going to go to the playoffs because, like you say, it's not exactly like they've got the hardest schedule like to finish on. Yeah, it's, but, quite, it's quite forgiving. However, you show up when it matters. Exactly. I, I know you can always only only do what's in front of you, but at the same time, they weren't doing very much when they had some tougher opposition. No. And and this is what's going to be telling, because at the end of the year, it's the Titans that potentially are going to be healthier when they play them, and then it's also going to be the Patriots. And those are the two games. This, this next Jets game is the Jets, and then you've got a defunct Saints team. Um, then then you've got the Titans, and then you've got the Patriots. So these next two games are essentially a gimme at the minute, the way that both the Jets and the Saints are playing. Then you've that, got the teams that are going to matter. But I think that's important, because you've got to recognise winning five games in a row in the NFL is not easy. And if you're saying the next two are gimmies, this team's going to be eight and seven. Okay. In okay. the AFC, they um, could easily get the playoffs. Uh, yeah, I'm going to move along. I'm going to move along. That's enough Dolphins talk. Okay, what? there's two games I want, to, I want to get to. Simon, I'll give you the choice out of these games. The Lions and the Vikings or the Seahawks and the 49ers? I, I don't want to talk about the Lions and Vikings. Um, but, but, but Dan Campbell got his first win. I don't care about that. I want to talk about the Seahawks and 49ers game. Um, I want to talk about Russ cooking again. Um, showing up. Well, it, not even Russ cooking. The special teams showed up and did a mm. bit. And I just want to talk about this 49ers team more than anything, to be honest. Without uh, without Debo in, uh, without um, some of their um, defensive players like Fred Warner and stuff like that, they, this team isn't the same team. Garoppolo, he, he does have his limitations. And this yep. Seahawks game really shown that. Like I, I watched a bit of it. And like the times that I've watched him, he was in a position where it was like second and no, it's like third and third and seventeen or something along those lines. Um, he dumps it off to George Kittle for about a seven yard gain, and it's kind of like, well, 
I'm not being funny. That that's not getting you anything now. Because now you're on fourth and ten. So And his his two picks were awful. Right in the middle of the field. I but, mean, they weren't good picks. And that's when I detach the coach from the quarterback. We know what Kyle Shanahan's system is. I know Sham, you're not a fan of him, but we know that his system is very quarterback friendly. But Jimmy Garoppolo isn't I don't know if he's able to or is just not willing to take risks. But th- this is on Jimmy, though. Like, th- like, like you say, you have to detach the Shanahan stuff from this now. Yeah, because I agree. He, he has the option of throwing the ball down the field. Like he has the option of taking a risk, and he just doesn't take the risk. And then it really puts, like, it really puts the 49ers in a detrimental place because consistently they were just relying on their running game and like these dink and dunk plays, making enough yards for them to score points. And if not, Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to take a risk and put the ball downfield to try and go for a, like a, a receiver, like one on one or something, or like try and try and get the ball in the middle. He just doesn't do it. He I mean, this in this game we relied on Kittle. Kittle was a beast. But would, isn't this why they drafted Trey Lance, someone who can play outside the scheme? Because this is what Jeremy G does. He just plays within it. But uh, as long Surely as the Forty Niners, they... as long as the Forty Niners in the playoff race, they won't go to Trey Lance. No, they're winning games. You can't, you can't switch and just put a and you caught back in just because they're winning games. And I, I really do prefer sitting a a like a new rookie quarterback for a year before mm. at least putting them in. And it, it's worked better in a lot of cases of throwing them straight into the fire. Like look at Aaron Rodgers; he sat for a couple of years behind Brett Favre. Patrick Mahomes sat for a year behind Alex Smith. And look at him; his first year coming out of the blocks, then he was amazing. And people are like, this guy is amazing. And it's probably not all to do with him sitting for that year. But that's going to help massively than just being thrown into the fire of having to play in the NFL, which could be overwhelming for people because all the players you're playing against are at that elite level, which you're not used to at a college level. You're not used to just playing elite players in every position all the time. So I, I like it. However, if they do start losing more games now, you will see Trey Lance get put in. This is going to hurt Jimmy Garoppolo's trade value, though, if this continues yeah, coming into yeah. the end of the season. That, that's the main thing here for Jimmy G is people know who he is now. I mean, this is a season where he had to prove himself. He had a fire under his belly. He had someone looking, well, he was looking over his shoulder and is really not delivering. So I think he's, he's, looked, worse, he's looked worse than last year. He's, he's, he's a mediocre quarterback and mediocre quarterbacks have a lot of value in the NFL. Are the Seahawks going to turn the tables? Are they going to make a run? No. 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 <laughs> good. The, it, this, it lives the, very green on that. The, the Seahawks are just historically good against this uh, 49ers team. Yeah. Like, the, the last time the 49ers actually beat the Seahawks, it was like a, a, a one possession Bray Greenlaw like t- turnover or like a stop on fourth down even like with uh, half a yard to go w- to sneak them past them and that was the year that the 49ers went to the play- like the Super Bowl so th- this Seahawks team for some reason just has the number of the 49ers and I have no idea how that is <laughs> especially because of how the Seahawks are playing currently um I- I'm this is this was uh, probably my biggest shock of the ga- of the day when it came to the games um, of like results, this is the one that I looked at and I was like, "How has how has this even happened?" But I don't I don't see the Seahawks turning it around and going for a run. Um, I can see the building being set on fire soon there though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, 
you might as well just bring on the off season for the Seahawks soon because that's going to look really, really tasty as a person looking outside in. None of us picked the Seahawks, if I'm correct here. Um, and there's a reason for that. All right. Um, I'm sorry, Detroit listeners, we're not going to go to Detroit and Vikings because I'm kind of agreeing with Tay now that do we really want to talk about it? We've talked about them enough. Um, no. I want to discuss the Raiders-Washington because that was a tight matchup which we all expected. Mm. I think all of us expected Washington just to edge it out. No, no I think I had the someone had the Raiders. I had okay. the Raiders. But I think without Darren Waller, or without a fully healthy running game, um, they just weren't able to do it enough. Do enough um, offensively. Um, and, this and, is again, and they didn't have a healthy Deshaun Jackson as well. Yeah, and if you take away that speed on on the and the seam uh, root abilities of Darren Waller and Deshaun Jackson, it's very difficult for this uh, Raiders team to overcome some of their star receivers. Again, Hunter Renfro will deliver, and he did deliver. Had another hundred yard game, but they don't. They didn't have anyone who can take that, who can play that deep role. Deshaun Jackson had one catch, fourteen yards, but he again, he is not healthy. Uh, Brian Edwards is not a great deep ball guy. Um, that's not his role. So they just can't. They're not a team talented enough yet to overcome some of these um, issues. Well, speaking of not healthy, Washington have suffered a huge loss in Logan Thomas, who is fit to have torn his ACL that game. Um, he's been out for most of this year, but when he's played, uh, Heineke and even Fitzpatrick uh, were really looking towards him. And, and I think that's a huge blow to, to them making any kind of impact in the playoffs should they get there. Yeah, I, th- I think it's it's a massive loss, like you say, uh, and it is going to hurt them going forward. I don't know how well this this Washington team will be when, if they get to the playoffs. I don't know because they they just... They seem a little bit streaky, but they're they're playing in like the Ron Rivera way, which is just ball control. And that's sort of how they beat the Raiders in this game, is that they just held on to the ball. They just ran Antonio Gibson. Um, Heineke made some savvy moves, like he didn't put too much pressure on himself. And the Raiders just couldn't couldn't get the ball back. It's as simple as that. Um it but going forward, if they do sneak into the playoffs, I I don't see them doing so, but if they do sneak into the playoffs, they will be one and done. Yeah, a good test for them might be the divisional matchups with Philadelphia and Dallas coming up. Um, that I think that'll be a good litmus test to see where they are. Mm. And then just a quick shout out for Nate Hobbs, the Raider safety. The rookie is playing out of his uh, skin here. He's having a great year. He's going under the radar because you know his name is Nate Hobbs. He wasn't a high draft pick. He was a fifth rounder. But you've got to say, some of these uh, Raiders players have stepped up this year. In what has been a, probably a long season for them. Can we just touch on, though, very quickly? Um, I don't really want to just dive too much into it, but what a great performance by the, the Colts to nil the Houston Texans. Um I know, we, I know it's the te- no, I know it's the Texans. Are we, are we I, really I, giving yeah. them plaudits against the Texans? I, I'm giving them plaudits because if you nil a team in the NFL, you deserve it. Like at the end of the day, it's still the NFL. Teams can still move the ball. Like teams still have the ability. Maybe not this Texans team, but it's still an impressive feat to be able to nil a team. Um, right, and- 
fine. If you go in there, I'm just going to give a special shout out to Dan Campbell because that speak <laughs> and the press conference. Those, <laughs> is but I, I think it's important to say the shootings in um, Oxford, how yeah. he addressed that. Um, yeah. it, you could see it meant a lot to that Detroit locker room. Yeah, and uh, I'm happy for them to finally get that win because they've battled hard all season. They they have done, and you know they deserve it. And potentially that's a, that's a corner turn for them. Uh, but we'll see we'll see how they go. Um, I just want to come on quickly to this uh, this Denver Kansas City game. Um, it Shamil said it like quite rightly in the last podcast. Teddy Bridgewater did help the the Kansas City Chiefs with the game, um, throwing and two interceptions, one being a pick six, uh, but. This Chiefs offense still doesn't look right, does it? The no matter it what looks the score awful. Was, <laughs> like... Yeah, uh, is you know, is the Chiefs they can technically get a, get hot at the right time, but I really don't see it. You watch this team, and, and there's something just isn't right. Everything's wrong. Patrick Mahomes hasn't played well. The Hilaire, it shouldn't be their starting running back. Um, no one can be depended on outside of Kelsey and Hill and their receiving options. Um, their defense is, I guess they've improved, but they're having to be the stars of the show, which isn't right. Um, in uh, Teddy Bridgewater shouldn't be throwing 40 times a game. That's the recipe to lose. Um, and that helps the Chiefs, really. I think uh, due to the injury to Melvin Gordon, they sort of put the ball in his hands a bit more. And also, I think from playing behind, they sort of needed to. Because um, I think they went down early, but th- this Chiefs defense is the ones that are stepping up. And if you just said at the start of the year, it's going to be the Chiefs relying on their defense to take them on. I think they're on a five-game winning streak now to put mm-hmm. them in a position where they're they're in a five-game winning streak. You you wouldn't believe it. But like you just look at the stats in this game. So um, Patrick Mahone is fifteen for twenty-nine. So that's just over fifty percent completion rating, and like com- completing percentage. Sorry. 184 yards, no TDs, one interception. That is not stats you expect perhaps at Mahomes to be putting up. Nope. So what what is going on here? And even like you say, even their running game, like Clyde Everett's there, 14 attempts, 54 yards. It's It doesn't sound as bad as all that when you look at it, but that's still, you're starting running backs, getting 14 touches. That doesn't seem like a lot to me. Like that's especially in a game where you're leading. Surely you want you to you want to lean on that running game to yeah. then help you manage your lead. And with Andy Reid's system, you want the running backs involved, but for some reason they they can't seem to consistently find their running backs through the air, which you know, that's what they drafted Hilaire for, right? He was predominantly a pass catcher. Darrell Williams mm. has shown he's a capable pass catcher. So I well, don't know what they're... why they can't. They're the top receivers of the day, though, to be fair. Like, Daryl Williams had three catches for 60 yards on three targets, and Clyde Edwards-Alaire had three for 28 yards on three targets. But then that sort of says a lot about the receiving call, though, of the um, of the Chiefs. Like, Hill had two catches for 22 yards on five targets. They need Kelsey, to find him the ball more. It's just Kel- not enough. Kelsey, three targets. Uh, no, sorry, eight targets, three receptions for 27 yards. Uh, and then, like you say, you go down the rest of this receiving core. Demarcus Robinson, um, two catches for 21 yards. Pringle, one catch for 14 yards on four targets. Hardman only got one one target for 12 yards. 
Hardman's right. not the step up that they wanted. He's not replaced Sammy Watkins, and Sammy Watkins wasn't all that. But no. yeah, you've got to look at Mahomes right now. I mean, 184 yards is very unlike him. And a lot of the stats in this game favoured the Broncos outside the turnovers and third down efficiency. Okay. It's just because, sorry, Sam, just my last point for this. It's just, it's one of those things, because we are at the point of the season now where you have to look towards the playoffs and you look towards the teams that are going to be there in the playoffs. I think the Chiefs have done enough with this game to be considered the favoured now for that division to win it. So it looks likely that they are going to be uh, at least like getting a home game in the playoffs. My big concern is, depending on who they get in the playoffs, depending on which of these AFC card what like NEFC wild cards that they get that they might just be like again one and done they might not be able to keep up with them like if they're having to play like the Bills or the Patriots or someone like that or even like a Chargers on a good day or the Colts that you know these aren't winnable games anymore these are these toss up games whereas before they they were very favoured They've got a lot of divisional games and I don't even trust them against the Raiders next week. So yeah the one of the weak teams in the AFC or definitely middling team. Um but anyway, Simon, you, you promised our listeners we were just going to quickly touch on the Chiefs and Broncos. I, I, I feel kind of hardened myself. I got, I got excited there, sorry. All right. Um, well, we've reviewed a lot of games in a short amount of time there. Um, so it's time to move on to our qualified players of the week. Uh, Simon, you can go first. So my qualified player of the week is it's sort of a token player. Uh, Useni Nwezu, which I'll probably mispronounce his name horribly. Um, he, he... We apologise to you. <laughs> two sacks on the day, but the the real story is the the LA Chargers defense as a whole. Um, two picks, six sacks, two fumbles. Okay, I'm, this... I'm going to apologise apologise to our listeners because this is not what we mean by don't, the qualified. Don't, players don't you mean. start. It's not, it's start. not the qualified unit of the of the. Don't you start. This is this player. is my pick. This is my pick. I'm sticking with it. The... For weeks now, I've talked about how this Chargers defence has no teeth. This Chargers defence is not what we expected. This Chargers defence is not good. They came out and they were good. So they get some, yeah. they get some props from me for that. That's all I'm saying. They were absolutely incredible. Um, it was one of the best performances of the week, for sure. And we've got, we've got to give it to a token player. In this, but he can collect it for all those uh, players on that Chargers team defence. Shampoo, you got... I've got to give it to a former Jag. Is one of the best backups in the league. And I loved his uh, reaction with his dad after the game. Gardner freaking Minshew. He went 20 of 25, 242 yards, two touchdowns. He put the sword into their Jets. There was a toss-up, could Jalen Hurts play? But Gardner Minshew came up Trump. They traded a pick for him. And this is when they needed him. And he got a win over a team they should have beat. But it was a big win nonetheless. Um, and I'm happy for Gardner Minshew. Uh, I loved his reaction. He, and it's also important to know Dallas Goddard from this, from a throwing quarterback, um, Dallas Goddard had his first 100-yard uh, receiving game this season as well. So it, they put a bit more spark on that um, receiving game. Can we, can we just talk very quickly? Sorry, does this help? Very quickly. Minshew next year, potentially go out there and get a starting job somewhere else? Definitely. Him and Garoppolo will have demand. Yeah, that's that's, that, that's my thought. He's done he's done very well for himself. He would do very well for himself out of this game because there's plenty of teams next year that are looking for a quarterback, and he's showing that he potentially could be that. But who knows? Yeah, he's going to have a good long career in the NFL as a backup or a stopgap. Uh, and there's not, you know, he can make plays happen. But at the end of the day, a lot of teams need players like that, 
And if he's not your starter, he's a great backup to have. Okay, um, in a week where the Jags lost 37-7, we found a way to mention them in the pod. So thanks, Sham, for that. <laughs> Good job, Sham. Good job. Good repping. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Deontay Johnson this week. This isn't a token player for the Steelers. Yes, they uh, Lamar could have changed the whole script with, with a go-ahead two-point yes, step. But Deontay Johnson, the whole season, has been a target monster. He finished the day with 11 targets, eight catches, and two touchdowns. And the guy is the best Steelers receiver by far. Uh, we won't mention his drops. He has improved from last year. Uh, but he, without him, the Steelers' offense definitely aren't winning this game. So I'm going to go with him. Right. <laughs> enough of that. Uh, well, that's enough for today. Um, thank you very much for listening. And Sham, take us away. Yeah, so we're now available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, as well as other good podcasting services. So give us that five-star review if you can. Follow us on Twitter at T-U-H underscore podcast. And send in your questions there or email us on the unqualified huddle at outlook.com. Thanks for listening. Peace. Kuda Havez. Oh wait, that's uh that's goodbye in Bengali? <laughs>